Welcome to the Breakfast with Janie podcast. Hi Mark, thank you for taking the time to chat to me. How are you keeping in these crazy times? Yeah, I'm doing quite well now. I'm fortunate I managed to get away to Wales for my first break uh, since before Christmas. So that made me feel a lot better. I'm sure that'd make us all feel a little bit better, a nice break. You are the founder of uh, Travel Begins at 40 and London Begins at 40 and a travel expert. Tell me more about your day job. Oh, day job. Um, Sadly, for a travel writer, it involves sitting in front of a computer all the time um, and uploading the website. So, as you say, I've got two websites and I upload those every single day. So my nine to five job, so to speak, is just uh, sat in front of a computer and updating stories and articles on the website about uh, travel, other people maybe traveling or travel news and events. Uh, before the lockdown, I did a lot more traveling myself. So that was that's the fun part of the job. Obviously, uh, I think anybody who gets into travel writing, they get into it because they like traveling. Uh, some people like writing as well. I like writing as well. So, so that's for me, it's the dream job. But at the moment, sadly, like many of us, we, obviously we can't quite work the way we would like to work. No, understandably. And what was the inspiration behind the creation of these websites? Well, travel begins at 40, and that's easy. I was in Nepal, which is one of my favourite countries, and I was surrounded by a whole load of younger bloggers than, than I am and at a a blogger convention in Kathmandu, the capital of Nepal. And I just really thought that if they can do it, why can't I? Uh, I'd already seen myself as a travel writer and a lifestyle writer before that, but I hadn't set up my own travel blog or travel website, whatever you want to call it. And just listening to them, surrounded by them, listening to the experts saying what people wanted from travel blogs, it gave me the inspiration to create my own one. And of course, now is the time when people can start to travel again, albeit a little bit limited, a little bit restricted. Is that your kind of mindset? You know, why should we now all sort of get things moving again? Well, it's down to governments, isn't it? But uh, once, I think the first thing to say is people should do what they feel comfortable with. I don't think anybody should feel forced, compelled to travel if they, if they, if they don't want to. But certainly my, my trip to Wales just... It was like a cloud being lifted from me. And, and normally when you go to Wales, you get consumed by clouds rather than um, having clouds lifted. But the weather was absolutely gorgeous. It was really sunny. And I felt alive again. And I think you, you, sometimes you don't feel quite how, realise quite how, how low you feel uh, until you get out of your rut. And so if, if people do feel comfortable in travelling... And travel itself really is relatively safe. Um, even planes, if you want to go on a plane. My brother's just gone to uh, Tokyo for the Olympics and he was practically on his own on the plane. He had three seats to himself. Planes have HEPA filters, so that just extracts the air every two minutes, I think it is. So so the actual travelling experience is, 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 obviously I didn't fly to Wales, but the travelling experience is, is, is not that dangerous. It's just whether you feel comfortable in, in leaving your own home environment. But I would definitely encourage people to travel as soon as they feel comfortable. And one of the great advantages of travelling, if not now, but in, in the foreseeable future, is you'll have travelling experience like we used to have back in the 1990s. 
Uh, I, I spent a long time in Cambodia. I lived there for probably the best part of 10 years and have very good friends still living there. And they've been able to explore Angkor Wat and they've had it to themselves. Normally, if you go to Angkor Wat, and hopefully some of your listeners have had the, have had the privilege of going there, you're surrounded by, by other tourists and the experience is somewhat dampened by that. Uh, and we all know about, well, lots of us know about over-tourism. So you go to Venice, you go to Barcelona, and you're surrounded by fellow tourists, which maybe is not what you want. But if, if you go in the next few months or when travel's allowed, you're going to find it to yourself. Places are going to be empty rather than packed. And for me, that really increases the, the travel experience. So there are benefits equally both to traveller and to the destinations. Yeah, I, I think that's the other thing. I mean, the travel industry, I, I think it's worked out it's, it's the biggest industry in the world or, or something like that. But it was something like in 2019 it had 10% of, of global GDP, which is now being reduced to 5% because of COVID. Uh, and in that time, something like 60 million jobs have been lost. And, and certain places like the Seychelles and the Maldives had two-thirds of their, of their income came from tourism. So there are clear financial benefits from the travel industry uh, and destinations desperately need revenue. Uh, as I said, I lived a long time in Cambodia and I used the same tuk-tuk driver for years and he's just put, posted on Facebook that he's got no revenue. I know he's, got, he's got a wife, he's got kids uh, and somehow he's got to support them and, and his story can be multiplied 60 million times around the globe. So. At the moment, there, there, there are people who desperately need uh, tourism revenue, so who can, who can benefit from us travelling. But much more than the economics of it is, is, the, is the, the life experience of travelling. That, that, I mean, my, my life changed when I was fortunate enough to travel around, almost around the world. I didn't quite make it uh, back in 1994. And, and I feel so enriched because I've done so much travelling. And it's not just me benefiting from the travelling, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a shared experience. I talk about uh, the we of travel. Um, lots of people see an us and them in, in, in life, but there's a shared um, experience between us travelling to the destination and people in the destination uh, benefiting from not just from our revenue, but from our experiences, like hopefully we benefit from, from their experiences and their knowledge. Uh, and, and hopefully it changes all our lives for the better. I, I think certain things like, and without getting into COVID, if, if, if people had more awareness of what was happening in Southeast Asia, like I fortunately have, that COVID wouldn't have spread quite as badly as, as it has done in, in Europe. Um, it, it, we have so much we can learn from other cultures and other peoples when we go travelling. Uh, and it's just it's so, so much beneficial to everybody. And it's a shared responsibility as well, isn't it? So um, for the tourism industry and tourists alike in a variety of ways. Definitely. I think the, one of the things which is coming out of... of I suppose the feedback from various different industries and people to uh, industries um, such as tourism is that people want to, it's, it's a bit of a cliche now, but build back better. And 
I think people generally want to see a better tourism industry. I think people want to have a more sustainable product which they can buy. And I think people want to feel that they're doing good uh, when they travel. I mean, after all, the, the main reason why we go travel is to feel good. It might be lying in the beach, it might be drinking a cocktail, it might be climbing a mountain. It's, it's whatever you enjoy. But we go, on we go traveling in order to feel better. And I feel that part of that is, the, is the, for us to believe and to feel that we are doing good when we travel. And, and there's so many ways this can happen. In, uh, I'm just reading this wonderful book by Holly Toppen called Sustainable Travel. And she goes through all these ways that we can, we can improve, um, travel destinations can improve, that the product being offered can be more sustainable, can benefit local people, the local communities, how it can help preserve the natural wildlife and the environment. Uh, so there is this great opportunity for the destinations to provide more sustainable, uh, more regenerative products and for us to choose to, to choose the right products, to, to choose products which are actually going to make the world a better place rather than products which are going to be detrimental to the world. Yeah, so become more responsible consumers and the greater awareness of the impact of actions and choices that we make. Um, how can the tourism industry embrace then this sustainability and move it forward? I think they have to. I don't think it's a how, I think it's a when. Um, I think there will be certain... I, there's still going to be demand for the for the for the cheap flights, the Ryanair EasyJet flights to 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 Europe. Um, people still going to want to have cheap sun, um, but for the mid-range and the the more luxury, I think sustainability is, is the key. Uh, I, I think I don't think there's any turning back the clock now. That that's the way the industry's going. That's the way that that people want it. So. Uh, if you're a travel agent, you're going to have to provide more sustainable products. A good friend of mine, um, William Neumeyer, has uh, his company is called Kiri Travel, and they one of their specialisms is travels to Indochina, so Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, um, uh, Myanmar, and and Laos. Obviously, not a lot of Myanmar at the moment, and they used to sell and the standard package for going to that region was the 21 or 14 day travel where you crammed in four countries maybe five countries into as short a period as possible um, they're now really trying to encourage people to go for slow travel to spend more time in the destination and you'll get a more rewarding experience you will um you'll you'll you understand the culture better, you understand the people better, you give more back because more money stays with the local community, it stays in the destination rather than going um, to uh, multilateral co uh, companies and travel companies. Um, so th this is, th th I I'm sure this is the way to go, I'm sure this is what people want. I think people want to have a product that, uh, they, th that they feel is, is, a, is a good product in all senses of good. And, and that's what more and more travel companies are going to have to offer. And, and if they don't, they're going to go out of business. Yes. So in some ways, the pandemic, uh, obviously, it's had a disastrous effect and the travel industry has been uh, the hardest hit industry, in, in my opinion, uh, and definitely one of the hardest hit industries just across the, the board there in, in the whole pandemic. And uh, it's kind of, some people, it's led people to review travel and how we view it 
from an ecological uh, perspective, environmentally friendly perspective. And I think in some ways people wanted to see it as a kind of, they wanted to see some kind of reset. Um, so, you know, are you thinking along the lines, you know, we are going to be looking at more climate friendly travel, more sustainable aviation. And from what you've just said, it seems, yes, we are. And if people don't move with that, then it's not going to work. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, part of it was because travel writers had nothing else to do. So we all sort of sat around <laughs> and thought, what, what should be the future? So, and I think that's part of it. And also travellers as well. I mean, lots of or people have done lots of reflection. But yeah, I think what you say is completely right. I think this, the, the concept which, which a group of friends of mine or colleagues of mine are trying to push forward is this concept of climate-friendly travel. And it's really something created by uh, Professor uh, Jeffrey Lippmann at the Sunex Malta uh, Institute. And what, what it's about is, is the fact that our travel shouldn't just be green, it shouldn't just be eco, but it's got to be climate friendly, it's got to be clean as well. And, you know, the analogy he always makes is that, you know, if you don't focus on the carbon emissions of your travel, then it's really like changing the deck chairs on the Titanic. And there is an iceberg, which is global warming, it's climate change, um, which is waiting for us and we're sailing straight into it. If, if, we, if we don't change our patterns, then we're heading for a 3% increase in temperature compared to pre-industrial times. And the, the Paris Agreement uh, figure is 1.5, that's what we're aiming to achieve. And if we, if we hit 3 instead of 1.5, then you know places like the Seychelles and the Maldives are going to be underwater. They're just going to disappear, um, and so you get, we're going to have a lot of um, we're going to have a lot of extreme weather conditions, which are going to be not just for travel but for everybody is going to be disastrous. So I, I really do think we have to have a focus on the carbon emissions of our travel. Now, for the for the general traveller, you know you can you can download you can download apps which will calculate what your carbon emissions are. And you can try to choose more carbon-friendly ways of travelling and, and more destinations which have, got, um, which have tried to reduce their own um, carbon footprint. Um, and you can offset. There are, if, you, if you use the gold standard, you know, there's a lot of greenwash, unfortunately. There's a lot of PR in offsetting. And a lot of people disagree with offsetting. But there's better and there's worse offsetting. So, again, if you do a bit of research, if you, if you, you, know, if you care about the issue, then you can reduce your, your carbon footprint in your daily life and, and also in your travel. The big problem with that is, is the sustainable aviation thing. And, and sadly, however, we tra if we want to go to Seychelles, if we want to go to the Maldives, faraway places like that, we have to fly. And sadly, there is no green way to fly at the moment. The, the, the talk about a hydrogen uh, plane, Airbus have got uh, prototypes that are developing for that. That's not going to be on tw until 2035. Uh, there's talk about a, 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 um, a Concorde-type um, supersonic plane across the Atlantic, flying from New York to London. But again, and this is going to be powered on sustainable aviation fuels. So that's fuel created from industrial waste. But again, that's not going to be until I think it's 2019. So there are measures people are trying to clean up the, the aviation industry. Uh, the airlines themselves are trying to improve their, uh, reduce their carbon emissions. Um, but however we look at it, unfortunately, we're, we're, the way we get to faraway destinations uh, is, is not going to be very clean and green. There were some shocking uh, analogies there. 
um, and, and thoughts really in terms of, you know, what destinations might actually disappear. So the sort of extremes of what could happen should we not make um, informed and better choices going forward. And I think it'd be a bit of a revelation uh, to a lot of people. But it is serious stuff, isn't it? This is the time now when we need to do something. It, it is. Uh, the irony of it, it if irony is the right word, but it's... it's is that places like Seychelles and Maldives, you know, certain parts of it will go underwater, but yet they're the ones who desperately need, need tourism. They need, you know, as I say, 65, 66% of their GDP is, is from tourism. So we, we, I don't think anybody really wants tourism to disappear. I certainly don't. But we've got to manage it so that it's, in, in a better, it's, it's done in a better way. And there are so many different ways this can be done. Um, simple things like at the moment, the way that planes fly between destinations, they don't go the shortest route possible because the, the traffic management systems aren't geared up to take you from point A to point B in the, in the quickest route. Um, but there are things we can do, like uh, you, you, should, um, you shouldn't uh, have stopovers in the Middle East. If, you, if you're flying from London to Bangkok, just fly direct. The most unhealthy part of the of the flight is is the takeoff and landing. So just go direct. You have to take off once and land once, obviously, uh, but you don't have to do it twice on your trip. So there's certain things we can to reduce things. And there's a wonderful organisation called Climeworks, which is trying to extract carbon from um, from the atmosphere and, and and basically bury it. And and they have this exhibition going on in the Science Museum in London at the moment. And it's running until September. I think it's called Our Future Planet or something like that. And it's running until September next year. So there are people, lots of people working and trying to improve uh, travel and make it less harmful for our planet. But we have, to, we have to do something with it because, you know, all the predictions are that by 2030 we're going to be 2%, something like that, increase in, in, in temperature. And, and that's going to have, we're going to have more extreme weathers. We're, we're going to have... More, uh, we're going to have more floods. We're going to have more high winds and gales and storms. We're going to have uh, more forest fires. There's going to be more extreme if we don't do something about it. And obviously, for a travel industry, that means that the part of the, part of the attraction of going to places, a lot of places, is going to go. Uh, I was in Yosemite a couple of years ago, and everywhere it was just—it was all burnt. It was just like a massive forest fire. Uh, it had an interesting sort of post-apocalyptic feel to the place but it wasn't the, the the green image of beauty that I imagined before I set out. So what would your hopes be for tourism moving forward for the travel industry moving forward it's been a bleak 18 months you know I would say your top tips for travel but just your general feeling what are your hopes how would you like to see things in six months time years time? Six months year year years time I'd like to see everybody going sustainably. I would like to see people choosing sustainable. I would like to see responsible and sustainable travel becoming the norm. Uh, I don't see there's any reason why it shouldn't do. I mean, perhaps most of you listeners will, will, will know about the, the obscene amount of plastic we have floating around the oceans, and, and probably most of them as well will, will, will not take will, don't want to use plastic bottles on holiday. Um, a lot will not want to use the little plastic bottles which you get shampoo and your shower gel and, and stuff like that. They want to use that. So all these things you just be got rid of, you know. There's little steps that we can all make in order to make it in, in order to make a travel cleaner and greener. But the fundamental thing is you've got to enjoy it. You know, as my friend William says, he's got to sell the product as well. And 
and the travel has to be a really, really enjoyable experience. And for my travel experience, the longer you spend in a destination, so what we call uh, slow travel, so instead of doing four countries in two weeks, you do one country and you do it in depth. If you do this slow travel, then you, you enjoy your travel so much more. And so that's what I'd really love to see happening, that people spend more time, that maybe they take longer to get there by train or whatever. People, people get to know the culture better, to, to, to invest in the community they're staying in, and, and they will benefit so much more from that experience because that is a, so much more rewarding form of travel than just flying in and, and staying in your resort and flying out. I, I can remember, if I can just give one anecdote, I, I went to Cuba a couple of decades ago and Cuba's this most amazing, fantastic country to visit and, and at the time it was so totally different from, from the UK. But we had to book a, a, a package holiday because, well, we didn't have to, but it was the cheapest way of getting there. So we booked the package holiday, but we left the hotel on the first night and, or the second morning, whatever, and we travelled around Cuba and we saw Cuba. And we came back to the hotel for the final night and we met up with the same people we flew out with and waiting for the plane to fly back. And they were complaining about how horrible the resort was, the fact there was no beach, the fact the service was, was lousy. So I had all these complaints. And we realised they apart from one day they hadn't even left the resort they could have been going anywhere they could have been they could have been in anywhere in europe and had exactly the same experience and and they had a terrible holiday they were all complaining we had a fantastic time because we got to understand the country just a little bit not that much in a week you can't but we understood the the culture a little bit we got to know the people a little bit and we had a wonderful trip and i think we were the only people in, in that group who actually enjoyed themselves. That is so lovely to hear about your own experience there. And I think we all have a kind of heightened appreciation of travel and holidays. And I think when we finally actually get back out there enjoying them properly, then it will be so amazing. So thank you so yeah. much for chatting to me. I really do appreciate you talking to me today. No, that's that's been great. I didn't say thank you at the beginning, Jenny. So thank you very much for that. And I, I, what you just said then at the end was completely right. It, it's just, you know, we haven't traveled for so long. As I say, when I was in, in Wales, I loved it. It was just fantastic to be in the fresh air, to be free again. It was a fantastic experience. And, and, people should just get out and travel as soon as they feel comfortable. Yeah, and just immerse themselves in, in that freedom. That would be wonderful, yes. wouldn't it? Thank you so Definitely. much.